Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. This is Ben Gilpin with the Community of Principles podcast coming back. We are in season four, and season four, the focus is hashtag better together. I have two phenomenal guests that we're going to get to in just a moment. But um, my little soapbox as we kind of kick this off, this is kind of a crazy season, and not just with a pandemic, but this can be a crazy season because it's closing in on the end of the year which means staffing, which means movement, which means stress. So as I'm reaching out to all of you um, throughout the state and, and whoever's listening to this, be very empathetic and understanding. This can be not only a stressful time for leaders, but it's also a very stressful and anxious time for staff during this staffing process. So just be cognizant of that as we are approaching the end of a very interesting school year. And with that being said, we're going to transition to Pam and Kirsty, And these two come highly recommended from the MEMSPA office. Shout out to Cindy Malik. Um, I'm going to have uh, Pam, could you introduce yourself? Tell us where you are and what you're doing and maybe even something about your family. Sure. Um, my name is Pam Sika. I'm the mother of three kids. Two are adults. One is in high school still. I'm also a dog mom. I started my teaching career at airport schools, and then I transferred to Monroe Public, where I was a teacher and then a principal, and then I've been a principal now for 13 years. The last 11 have been in Ann Arbor schools at Abbott Elementary, the best elementary in Ann Arbor, and I am a member of MEMSPA. Fantastic. And uh, the last guest we had on was Michael Johnson from Carpenter. So if, as he listens to this, he may, uh, he may send you a little jibe for that one, too. That's okay. <laughs> Kirsty, how about you? Tell us a little bit about you, Kirsty. Hi, I'm Kirsty Mullins. Uh, so I was actually a teacher for uh, 12 years in Detroit and in Monroe Public Schools, where I met Pam. And, and I've been at Barnes Elementary School in Flat Rock now for the past 11 years. I have two adult children and I have two dogs. One dog, though, is uh, shared custody with my daughter right now because she moved out. So uh, so that's a little bit about me. And, I'll, and I was also honored to be the um, 2020 Region 1 Outstanding Principal of the Year. Oh, congratulations. That's a big honor. Thank you. Um, well, I will say the two of you, I'm, I'm a dog dad, I guess I could call it. Um, we have rescues and um, I, I love the dogs. And so that's a nice little commonality. But the other part I, I heard from the both of you is you're not just educators, but you're also you're also moms. And so it never ends, does it? No, never no, it ends. doesn't. Never. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, let's jump in. We've got a series of questions, and, and this is really about hashtag better together. So we want to kind of get to know the two of you a little bit better and how you two kind of came to be. So right off the bat, we oftentimes hear about this um, admin island or feelings of isolation because sometimes you are the only administrator in a building, and sometimes you don't see another administrator for for weeks so it can be very isolating. So I guess the question to the two of you is, how do you get off that island? How do you connect and collaborate and, and make it so you don't feel isolated? So um, I'm coming from a smaller district. So that island is, um, is really small. We have four schools in our district. 
Uh, I've joined different organizations like MEMSPA in order to, you know, meet other people and um, people that are in the same roles as I am, but not just the same role, but even, you know, high school principals and uh, middle school principals too, because I think there's a lot to learn out there. And um, you got to know that people are are with you and they're going through the same similar situations that you are. Um, and then sometimes also it it gives you a sense of, okay, I am doing things good. Like I am doing okay. I'm making the right decisions here. Um, you also need somebody just to bounce ideas off of sometimes and and ask, you know, and that's where I talk to Pam quite a bit. We talk every single morning on the way to work and and we just bounce ideas off each other. And, and so I think it's important that you find that person or people that are going through those situations. Hmm. That's really good. Really good. And And I love the real piece in that. This coming from the 2020 Region 1 Outstanding Principle, that sometimes you don't feel like you're doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. And coming from a person that has just received a really big deal honor, um, that's the real. And so I, I appreciate that vulnerability. Pam, what about you? I agree with what Kirsty said. I mean, I work in an organization where there are lots of principles. Um, we don't necessarily see each other all the time, though. I mean, we have monthly meetings in the past, but... Just during the pandemic, we've been meeting monthly as an elementary principal team, and it's really been helpful to be able to bounce ideas off of each other or just share frustrations or concerns that we have. And that weekly meeting was something that probably no one thought was a good idea at first. You know, you you to have another meeting scheduled is always something that people get concerned about. But honestly, there's been comments made about how nice it's been for us to be able to get together because things change so often right now. And it's been in, just invaluable to have those relationships with colleagues. Spot on. Spot on. So how did the two of you meet? Well, Kirsty and I met when we were both hired to teach at Lincoln Elementary and Monroe Public Schools. And uh, we were hired the same summer and put in classrooms on the third floor. We called it the penthouse, <laughs> the penthouse of Lincoln Elementary. Um, I taught fourth grade and Kirstie, I believe you taught a four or five split that year, I our did. first year there. So Kirstie and I just instantly clicked and it just started from there and never stopped. We became very close, just teaching partners and sharing ideas and kids and just the relationship you would build with a colleague you know, that you're teaching with. And as our roles changed there, I became the school success teacher, which was somewhat like a Title I teacher, somewhat like an assistant principal at times, too. The year after that, I became the principal and Kirsty became the school success teacher. We both started our degree at Siena Heights. She was the boss of me. (laughs) 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 Our leadership degree, we drove every Tuesday to Siena Heights from Monroe and got our degree together. And then at the end of my first year as principal there, we we had been at that building for five years. They closed the school. Closed Monroe actually closed four elementaries. So Kirstie and I were slated to go to another elementary and we were going to team teach in a big classroom with uh, second grade. At that time, an administrator position opened up in Flat Rock where Kirstie is the principal. I got a job there. So I became principal in Flat Rock. And then I stayed there for one year because I live in Brighton and I was driving an hour to and from work with a toddler. So 
Ann Arbor posted principal positions and I got a position in Ann Arbor. Kirsty became the principal of Barnes Elementary, where I previously was. Oh my goodness, so, so that is what is the what are the odds? <laughs> so, yeah, we just kind of always are together in some way. So she became the principal of Barnes Elementary when I started in Ann Arbor and we've both been in the schools we're currently in for 11 years. But, you know, we're we're way beyond colleagues. Kirsty is one of my by far one of my closest friends. Has it been difficult because you both mentioned that you touch base every morning? Mm-hmm. Or practically every morning. Yeah. Ha- has there been any challenge to not being in, in the same building? No. No. No challenges. No, no, as far as because sometimes, sometimes when we create these quote unquote long distance relationships, there, there seems to be, you know, sometimes you just grow apart. But that does not seem to have happened with the two of you at all. It hasn't actually, you know, it's funny because when she says that I, I basically took over her seat when she left here, I was so glad that it was her that I followed because she's so organized. So I came into, you know, <laughs> an organized office and school and, and things like that. And she had set them some things in place that really have stuck with us throughout the years. But, you know, I think the important thing is that you make the time. And even during this pandemic, and we don't see each other face to face, probably maybe once or twice a year. But we do make the time in the mornings to call each other, or even on the weekends sometimes. But mostly it's the mornings because that's our time to, that's when we're away from our own kids and, and dogs. Yeah. But, um, but then during the summer as well. We've gone through now. I mean, when I met Kirsty, I was pregnant shortly after. And my son is turning 16 now. So that's how long we've known each other. But we've gone through babies and but my daughter's getting married and, you know, graduation parties for Kirsty's kids. I mean, it's not just a school it's relationship. Life. Yeah. Well, and we've yeah. gone through hard things too, you know, with like the loss of my mom, you know, Pam was one of the yes. first people that was there. And even though we only physically see each other once, once a year, twice a year, she was there for me. Oh, powerful. You two really connect. So, okay. So help me with this one. You're both seasoned educators and you've probably watched and hired and done a lot of things with um, a lot of people that would be newer to the profession. How important is it to have a mentor-mentee type of a relationship? I think it's vital. I think you have to have that relationship. A new principal needs a connection with someone. They need someone to talk to, someone to guide them. It's hard being new, new in that job when you are working alone. So that mentor-mentee relationship is so important. And do you also do the same thing with your teachers? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think sometimes people think about mentors and mentees being in the same building or in the same district. And it doesn't always have to be. It can be somebody outside of the district, someone who you can really depend on and share those stories with without fear of judgment or without fear of it getting back to your boss or something like that. You have to have those relationships. And that where that's where it comes back to Pam and I. Like We make the time because relationships take work sometimes, right? So in order to have that mentor-mentee, you have to work at it in order to um, make it work for you. Hmm. That's good. Okay, so let's let's transition a little bit. Can, this is more like philosophical. We're going to go into like strengths and weaknesses. And so thinking of strengths and weaknesses, here's one of the things that I tend to struggle with. There are some things that I feel like are right in my wheelhouse 
And there are other things that I'm, I'm not great at. Should more people be focused on their strengths and with that, try to surround themselves with people that are going to help with their weaknesses or kind of the, the other side of the shoe would be, or should they focus on improving their weaknesses and making their weaknesses become more of a strength? What, what's your take on the whole strength and weaknesses? Because I think we all have them. Kirsty, you wrote something. You you had something for this about. So I don't really see things um, as weaknesses. I guess I like to think of it as more of like opportunities for growth. And I've always said that with my teachers is it's not a weakness. It's an opportunity for growth. This child is doesn't have a weakness in math. There's an opportunity there, and we need to take it. So I think finding those opportunities for growth and those strengths, it's a balance. I don't think one outweighs the other. I think we can use the opportunities for growth with some of, you know, maybe other kids' strengths or other administrator strengths just to continue to grow. And that, that's what's important to me is providing those opportunities for kids and for administrators, for teachers, even for parents and families. Such a positive spin to make it instead of a weakness, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Any other additional thoughts for that, Pam? No, I think what Christy said is is on just on target. When you label something a weakness, it becomes really hard to improve it because it becomes so negative. I think it invokes negative thoughts for people. And I think it becomes something that they really feel that they can't do. And I think we want people to be able to feel they are able to make growth and progress in ways without labeling those weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good thoughts there. Well, then how important is it from the two of you, from your perspective, how critical is it to stay relevant as an administrator? Well, I think you have to stay relevant. You, and you, when you asked the question, you said new topics about staying up to date on new topics. Um, yep. I mean, I think you have to know what those new topics are. You have to understand them. But I think we, we can easily get caught up in trying too many new things at once. And that can really be a downfall because... New topics need to be researched, and they also need to be shared with your team before you start trying to bring something new into your school. So I, I think new topics, it's important to stay relevant. You don't want to look like, you know, you don't know any current new research or understand anything new, but I think we easily get caught up in, oh, we're going to try this and this and this now, and sometimes this is masked as something new when it's really something that we've been doing. So I think we need to be careful with new initiatives that we're not getting too caught up in them or putting too many of them on our staff at one time. But we need to know what the new research says, especially if it will improve student achievement and you know student success in school. Because I would imagine that the two of you have early adopters later adopters, and ones that you feel like you just have to pull to get them to adopt something. And so this kind of makes me think, you know, we've, we have, I know we all have people on staff that are those early adopter type of mindset people. I know I never want to feel like I squash that enthusiasm, but yet I don't necessarily feel like I need to jump at everything. So I, I think you're right. We have to vet it. We have to look and see, you know, does that make sense? Is that something that we should do right now? Right. There needs to be uh, probably a little bit of caution before jumping at everything. And definitely some balance Mm -hmm. between what we expect. 
Christy? I would totally agree with what Pam said. Um, we have to have that that balance and we have to stay relevant in what's happening now, but we also have to remain aware of what we've gone through as well and and what the what research has said from the past and how it, you know, it does make its cycle sometimes and comes back. Um, I think as far as like, you know, some of our teachers and wanting to to jump on new initiatives and things like that, I think it is really important to find that balance with them as far as, you know, not squashing their their, you know, excitement and their enthusiasm for something. But, you know, sometimes you have to let them go. Okay, go ahead and try it. And if it fails, then you do it a different way or you squash it and you move on from there because, you know, they need to have that time to um, experience that, you know, excitement and the, you know, I'm a brand new teacher and I want to do this or not even brand new teachers, but just those teachers that really do want to try those new initiatives. And they might find out that it doesn't work for them, or they might find out, you know what, this was really great, and I'm going to share it with my colleagues now. Exactly. Okay, so you two have both talked a little bit about, you're both MEMSPA members, you've been you've been up to the conference before in the past. What is the best thing about MEMSPA? Is this an adult-only show? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well. <laughs> love it. Love it. So obviously yep. the sessions are really great. Uh, are you talking about like the MEMSPA conference or just MEMSA in general? Both. All of it. Okay. So um, the relationships. So, yeah. The relationships and the connections you make with other people. And in those connections, you know, while the sessions, when we go, whenever we go to like MEMSPA training and, you know, opportunities from them is really great. I think even better are those connections that you make with people. And, you know, you find people there that are going through the same things and, you know, or just people that share the same interests outside of work even. And so uh, they become, you know, lifelong friends that you see at other MEMSPA um, events and you're waving and, you know, and, and giving hugs and things like that. Of course, not right now, but <laughs> in the past. Yep, um, yep. And I really did miss that from this past December when we go out to Traverse City or, you know, for the MEMSPA conference every year. And uh, I, I miss those connections with people. I completely agree. I also, you know, Pam, you said the relationships right off the bat to me in 15, 20, whatever amount of years when I walk away from education, I still am going to have those relationships. The friendships and the relationships that I've that I've forged over the years, that's what is going to go with me probably for the rest of my life. So I completely agree. Pam, what are your thoughts on the best thing about MEMSPA? I, I think it's the relationships. Like I said, I think it's getting to know people from outside your own district where you know, in your own district, you work with principals who do the same thing as you. You know, you're following the same initiatives through your district and doing the same thing. It's it's good to hear from others how they're handling certain situations or what's new with uh, in their district, things that they're doing. So I just like meeting people outside of my own organization. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap this up, we got one last question. And from the two of you, I would love to hear what advice, what would you tell an aspiring leader, principal, <laughs> any type of an aspiring leader, what, what, what advice would you give them? Well, I would tell them when you're hired, the most important thing you can do is take time to get to know the staff and the school before making any changes. Get to know that building, get to know that staff and trust the experts in the building. There are teachers that are experts on things. There are other staff members that are experts on things that we aren't. Trust them. 
I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Making those connections with the staff and um, learning the culture of the building, making your own personal notes on things that you might want to change in the future or, you know, add on to in the future. But taking your time for those connections and those relationships is key. And then I would also tell them that, yes, the paperwork can get you bogged down and you can get, you know, in the computer and find yourself answering emails constantly. Take time to walk around and find your happy, which we're here for the kids. Walk around, visit those kids, visit the teachers during lunch times, during, you know, while they're working. Kids love that and they need to see your face. 100%. 100%. Ladies, this has been great. Uh, I really appreciate the two of you coming on and sharing your story and and just just a part of who you both are. I feel like I for one, have gotten to know the two of you better because the only time I've, honestly, the only time I'm ever in Flat Rock is for a baseball tournament. So oh. <laughs> now, now I know there are far better things than uh, the baseball field. So I appreciate the two of you for coming on. Everybody else, as you listen to this, I would I would just love if you take the time, connect with Kirsty, connect with Pam, but also think about for yourself ways that you can help aspiring leaders And also that value of that mentee-mentor relationship. The two of them really, really epitomize better together. So thank you again, ladies. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.